0: Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 13 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, George. His expertise includes data governance, BI, data management, and information quality. Also, he is a public speaker and you know uh, he runs his own YouTube channel. So let's hear his career journey. How did he find his passion and manage to be one of the leaders in the areas he is passionate about? welcome George on my solid Saturday podcast really appreciate your time
1: well thank you so much for having me it's such a pleasure to be here with you on uh, this Saturday
0: yeah likewise so thank you so much so to begin with uh, I mean, I saw your profile, right? You started your career journey with the software developer, actually software engineering side and transform your career uh, to the different roles like manager, consultant. And then now you are like a full-fledged into the big data governance and BI, which is like uh, latest technologies and trends. So how did you do that? Like, you know, when you look back and also you uh, are a public speaker and YouTube content creator. So what do you enjoy the most?
2: Yeah, you know.
1: Well, let's start with the, with the first question and how I um, mm-hmm. became, or how how did I arrive in my my current role as a data governance director and BI director for um, the University of British Columbia. And really, I've been working with data governance for quite some time now. And I think, I guess. As a uh, software developer, web developer as well, I was always working with data, right? More from the the back end, working with databases and so forth. And I, I guess I never really understood that importance of data. I mean, I knew of it, but I never really understood, well, what's the impact of that bad data quality of a lack of data governance? So that gave me the first exposure into all this technical metadata, but then Later on in my career, when I started working as a project manager, business analyst, Mm -hmm. I started to understand a bit more on that impact. What does that do with the business and how are the business needs and the business requirements influencing all these areas in data management? And then I really just fell into it. You know, I, I started a position as a data quality manager, which was, again, focused on improving improving the quality of the data for this Mm -hmm. organization and of course you cannot have a proper data quality without Mm -hmm. data governance Mm -hmm. so it's a role that I you know progressed evolved into into a data governance role Mm -hmm. from that driver but uh, yeah I don't think you can really necessarily train you know from the school benches to become a data governance practitioner Mm -hmm. it's uh, probably something that you you learn and you um, adapt to to the organization's needs Mm -hmm. so to your second question as a public speaker and YouTube content creator I really enjoy those Mm -hmm. a lot out of out of the whole process I probably enjoy the video editing the most it it plays a little bit on my creative side so I I love to exercise that Mm -hmm. and and uh, I also love really creating content and something that can be engaging, something that can play on my passions on data management, data governance. So yes, I do enjoy being in front of a camera, being in front of people and uh, sharing knowledge.
0: Yeah: Okay. So uh, when did you realize your passion towards the data actually? Found your interest, that I would like to uh, you know divert my career into it?
1: Yeah, um, you know. Mm-hmm. unknowingly I think it was when I was a kid I think I mentioned that short story with you I used to have these Lego sets which I don't anymore unfortunately I wish I did so I used to have all these Lego sets you know one with a, a pirate theme one with um, a space theme one with, with a city theme and so forth and so on and I remember the first day my best friend came to play with my Lego sets and we were going to play together and he started combining the sets right which you know showed a lot of imagination a lot of creativity on his behalf but to me did not make sense you know how can you combine the uh, the pirates with space or the day-to-day activities that i had in the city in the city set
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and i think i think that really shows my interest into having to want to organize data Mm-hmm. In in uh, in different categories and manage it as such, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, later on, again, as I started to work with, with data more and more, and I started to understand really the impact and the relationship that it has with the business.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: especially, I think, as a project manager, I really enjoyed that role as a project manager because it allowed me to do a lot of a diverse
2: mm-hmm.
1: number of things. And it was not just playing on my technical side, but also on the communication piece and interaction with people and that whole business analysis and planning. And I think data governance just plays a little bit on each one of these things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. yes, it's in a way, it's, it's not a really rewarding role to be in mm-hmm. data governance specifically, because there are a lot of challenges, a lot of, Politics involved a lot of um, sometimes conflicts, quite a Mm -hmm. bit of change management. Mm -hmm. So things can take a long time at times Mm -hmm. to, to see them to fruition. But once they do, it's very rewarding to see that what you have done really has an impact on so many people, processes, systems, procedures, and so on.
0: so we're talking about the change management actually so how hard it is when it comes to the organization level change management there are lots of challenges involved right? yeah
1: yeah I think overall with change management it's a very Mm -hmm. complex topic right I mean everybody wants change Mm -hmm. when you're asking them everybody is raising their hand yeah I do want change but when you're asking them to change nobody's there anymore Mm
2: -hmm.
1: nobody really wants to take part of it or if you ask me well who wants to lead change very rarely you find a person with their hands up so it's a very complex topic because I think it really challenges our status quo right Mm -hmm. and and really and I think it's in our nature as human beings to prefer Mm -hmm. what we have right now even though it might not work very well Mm -hmm but the change might bring all these unknowns. So if change management is not done properly, it's not involving the individual, it's not involving, you know, the department heads, but also all the people involved in that department and for them to understand what's in it for them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then they will have that natural resistance to it.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, so that makes sense to me as well. So uh, moving to the next question, uh, back to your, uh, or interest like data governance so yeah. uh, why does an organization need to have the data governance you already mentioned that you know there won't be a data quality without the data governance right but, uh, again uh, you know talking briefly on to that topic actually uh, what are the specific needs that organization needs to work on the
2: data governance
1: right so well I think all organizations working with data and that's really most of them they do need data governance. Mm-hmm. If if we actually, you know, take a step back in time and kind of think how everything started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really when, when organizations really began the adoption of data processing technologies and systems, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were really built to support transactional business processes to mm-hmm. make them just less labor intensive. So things like uh, processing or actually just recording an order at the time, I think it was 1960s, it was more on, well, let's record this in a, in a spreadsheet mm-hmm. or balancing a general ledger or um, just a bunch of other accounting functions. Mm-hmm. So data was really more of a byproduct of running a business. And mm-hmm. I, I think organizations didn't really see any value in it beyond the, tr- the transaction itself, mm-hmm. right? Then in the, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, data was starting to be seen a little bit more um, as an asset a little bit more valuable it was actually a data analyst from Tesco and I forgot his name but he's the one that coined the the famous term that Mm -hmm. some data management people love some truly hate it that data is the new oil right so he he coined that term and he coined it because as he was working on this uh, Tesco uh, membership card and Tesco is a supermarket in the UK Mm -hmm. So he was working on this client card, right? You know, you get uh, rewards, points with it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: obviously was getting a lot of information, a lot of data. And he realized that really it's, it's like striking oil mm-hmm. when he was doing the analysis on that particular mm-hmm. data sets. And that is because it really gave so many insights and hinds- hindsights and foresights to Tesco. That it even made him a millionaire. He won a lot of money. He earned a lot of money because of it. So he's a good success story. So in the 1990s, I think again, data was starting to be seen as an asset, and that's when data governance gained some traction.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: as systems be, really became more complex, and um, you know, you know, had more than one system as part of the organization, because you couldn't just have one to do it all. And as organizations really started to, to share or even consume data from other organizations and so on, I think the need for data governance became more and more apparent. And that really stands true today as well. Plus with the whole le- legislation around the um, data and its privacy and usage and so on, again, that's, that shows another need, another facets of why we need data governance.
0: Okay. So uh, talking about then and now, actually, uh, how do you see this uh, area evolving on uh, data side, actually? Right now? Yeah. So on, how, on, see, like, how much did it progress or is it just still in a boom, like, you know, still in the initial stage? Or did you see any changes uh, throughout your career now?
1: How I think, Yeah. well, I think it's definitely gaining more traction. Uh-huh. It's seen as more and more important, especially now that we're on the cusp of, the fourth industrial revolution with machine learning in AI,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's definitely seen more and more important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean the the AI is really as good as the data that's feeding it. Mm-hmm. So I think organizations are starting to realize that data quality then is of utmost importance.
2: Mm, yep. That's really thank you.
1: Yes, so it's definitely gaining some traction and again, with um, all these newer legislations with mm-hmm. uh, GDPR, of course, and CC- CCPA, and I forgot the one that was just uh, released in India where that's coming up anyhow. Mm-hmm. so there there are a few countries that are really coming up and beefing up their um, really consumer privacy laws mm-hmm. that that surround data. And because of it, again, data governance is seen as an important aspect. Unfortunately, it's also making it a synonym for data privacy and data security, which is not. It's part of it. It's helping with it. But that's not the whole thing.
0: So what is involved under the data governance when we talk about it?
1: Yeah, so it, in, my, in my view, data governance is really a discipline that provides all data management practices with the necessary foundation, the strategy, mm-hmm. and the structure that's needed to ensure that data is managed as an, as an asset, and of course transformed into meaningful information. So really it involves people, mm-hmm. policies and processes, and sometimes even tools. Mm-hmm. The, way, the way I look at it, is if we take a look at HR mm-hmm. and we take a look at finance as mm-hmm. two departments that we're all familiar with, right? And functions that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. HR on one hand, they're responsible to manage people mm-hmm. as assets, right? And HR, oh and finance, they're just managing well financial assets.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Data governance is really doing the same thing, but for data, it's managing data as an asset.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. So in it, doesn't, a way.
0: it doesn't matter like you know which pipeline or the which vertical the data sits in like whether it is the finance in under the finance also you have a different uh, verticals associated so exactly. it's just yeah applying the uh, i got it actually so is, is it like um having the generalized rules and policies around that data or is it like whenever it is like a specific pipeline or the vertical is involved there will be a different rules and policies associated
1: I think it's a mix. So coming back to the HR example, right? HR really provides some overall policies on, hey, this is our our policy, these are our guidelines, this is our procedures on how we should manage our people. This is how you write a job description. This is how a person can get an increase or can get fired, Uh, you know, they get that performance review, right? So they have all of this, but then it's up to the manager to really apply all of these and also use their better judgment. To manage their own people, and I think similar with data governance there's an overall uh, data policy at the organization level, but then based on the needs of the department, there might be certain variations or really certain specifications that are really just related to that own department and it's up to that department or you know that vertical like you said that data specific data domain to um, yeah just just to manage that piece
0: okay yep, yep. that makes sense to me as well so uh, does data governance restrict the uh, any kind of development apl- application development whether it is agile methodology or the all? does it really impact on those kind of application development environments hmm.
1: that's that's a good question mm-hmm. and i think sometimes it's seen that it is restricting those mm-hmm. i think first of all what to keep in mind is that the approach to data governance really needs to fit that organization's culture and then to also take under consideration the maturity of its data management and project management methodology so it might be agile might just be waterfall whatever it might be i think it's better if it does fit with it if it follows it now it should also take under consideration the the drivers of the data governance program and the objectives of the organization that it needs to meet okay Now, usually the more mature the data governance program becomes, the -hmm. more agile it tends to be. Because in the early stages of data governance, really, it tends to be very reactive. Mm -hmm. But if policies, procedures, the framework, they're all well-defined and that they are aligned to adhere to an agile environment, Mm -hmm. then data governance is up to the task to comply quicker to new requirements for data. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that in particular with GDPR, companies, organizations have been very slow at, and very reactive at meeting all these new requirements. Mm-hmm. But hopefully now they're going to adopt a more agile approach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the question, right? Can data governance adopt a more agile approach in its early stages? And I think so, but in order to be more agile, it does require a lot more communication. And Mm -hmm. a lot more change management okay Mm -hmm. because the difference is that in the application development a change only tends to affect the users of that application whereas in data governance it can affect the entire data domain all the applications tying into it all the uh, business units that are using that data now
2: yeah
1: yes
0: so it covers a couple of things about like, you know, the, the second question as well along the same line, like somebody asked, like if my organization hasn't got any data governance, where mm-hmm. does it start? So to already you mentioned, like, you know, it should be agile uh, in the early stages. So any other things along with uh, those lines?
1: Well, yeah. If, if you don't have a data governance program yet, mm-hmm. first, I think you need to understand why do you need one? Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's, it's, everyone should have one Mm
2: -hmm. but the
1: need really the driver there might be different
2: Mm
1: -hmm. so it could be again that regulatory compliance Mm -hmm. that we briefly talked about it it could really be specific to a business need, such Mm -hmm. as you know uh, gaining a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. Uh, the company wants to get more customers Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and and so on right uh, and they want to do that, uh, again, through better data analytics, investing in AI, they want to have a more robust business intelligence program, more efficient operations through maybe an um, enterprise resource planning system. So whatever that driver is, I think that needs to be figured out. Oh, I, I think the maybe the third driver, which is really overarching, is really the need to have better data quality. Mm. And it's not really what the goal is. I mean, having better data quality, it's done for a particular purpose. Mm -hmm. But that purpose, again, fits with all of the above. Having better data quality um, really helps you with meeting that regulatory compliance, helps Mm -hmm. you with better AI, uh, enhanced data analytics, um, you know, a more robust business intelligence program and so on. So
0: what what should be the initial uh, first Is it like data governance takes place first before achieving the data quality or those goes hand hand on hand, like both should happen parallelly, how it goes like?
1: I think they definitely go in together. You can't have one without the other. It's really a very close partnership. (laughs) Okay. okay. So if you and you can start to do data quality, but you will run into roadblocks. You'll discover soon enough that it's not a sustainable practice if you don't have data governance. And then again, if you want to do data governance, even though data quality is not your goal, Mm -hmm. maybe your goal is that regulatory compliance, you'll discover that you will do different data quality tasks to improve the quality of the data Mm -hmm. in order to meet that regulatory compliance, right? So for example, if you don't know that your customer lives in um, your European Union, or if you don't properly correct that they've you know opted into a newsletter or opted out then you can get into trouble mm-hmm. right so they do come hand in hand even though data quality might not be that driver that goal of data governance it's one of those um, mm-hmm. beautiful side effects of having data governance that you will achieve better quality data
0: yeah. so a uh, majority of the like you know current scenario if we consider like you know uh, large employers are struggling to uh, achieve that data quality compared to the like you know that's why they are not ready that they are not ready to build the ai like get, get into the ai side that easily but when you come to the startup side like a small scale uh, companies they are actually in a stage where they are they can say that they build the platform for their own company so is it just because of the like you know quantity of data or it is difficult when it comes to the big organizations and it's easy to implement when it comes to the small organizations
1: yeah good question and i think it it depends i mean it's really a factor of things Mm -hmm. in a way it's more difficult with larger organizations because Mm -hmm. they tend to have more systems first Mm -hmm. of all right more more data sources Mm -hmm. they also tend to uh, dwell into multiple industries too Mm -hmm. and not just one right so multinationals and Um, like coca-cola for example or yeah for some reason I can't think of another one but they they tend not to just dwell into one industry and even if they do there are really so many more facets of it they have you know so many types of different services or products that they offer Mm-hmm. that the whole business environment becomes quite complex. So there are a lot of knowledge that needs to be tapped in, a lot of people that need to be consulted and worked with. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're dependent on, on those as roadblocks because you're depending on their time, their availability. So there are a lot more people, I think, to, to take under considerations, a lot more business rules to be aware of, a lot more um, you know, privacy laws, even mm-hmm. restrictions to be mindful of. And the whole supply chain of data tends to be a bit more complex. At the basis, though, it's, it's all about the same, same principles. But I think from, from the, um, the size of the environment, it tends to become a bit more difficult for larger organizations than it is for smaller ones. And then I think another analogy is to think about is right when you have a, like a large freight ship, Mm-hmm. It, it, You can steer it into a different direction, but it really takes so much more energy and effort to do so than if you have a little type boat mm-hmm. that you want to change its direction
0: yeah so that is very insightful and useful i feel. so moving to the next question it is again along the same line actually how should we establishing data governance within the organization so we already discussed a couple of things around it uh if you have anything to add just you can just add actually if any organization wants to establish the data governance i feel the way i understood it it is like it takes lots of efforts as well because it, it depends upon you know, how many data sources are in or how many verticals are involved. And as you mentioned, it depends upon the kind of a scale of the employment as well, like whether it is a large scale, big scale, smaller scale, or the middle scale kind. Of. So any other like you know challenges when it comes to establishing the data governance within the organization?
1: Oh, I mean quite a few. Um, there are quite a few challenges for starters. Mm -hmm. it's still something that's not understood
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right so already if you do have a sponsor Mm -hmm. and somebody higher up that says hey we need data governance Mm -hmm. that's already a big win because Mm -hmm. most of the time it's really from within the company the organization that an individual arises and says listen we do need data governance and then it's up to them to basically volunteer for the role or try and push that communication up and try and secure sponsorship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it, that's a big challenge for mm-hmm. sure. It, it's hard to really put that business case together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not because they don't know, you know all the issues and all the opportunities that there might be there, mm-hmm. but it's really to, to get somebody on board to support it and not just verbally, but to finance it as well. Because you do need at least one person that's fully dedicated yeah. to data governance. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So
1: I think that's that's how really you, you start. You need to have a lead in the first place. Yeah. And then that lead can help to put that business case together. They can help with an um, you know, as-is analysis mm-hmm. to understand really the current environment. Mm-hmm. And again, that's easier if that individual has been there for, for a while because they, they have the context, but of course they can be uh, somebody external to the organization as well that has its benefits because they come with a fair uh, with a, a pair of fresh eyes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, who all, like when we talk about achieving this data governance, it is not part of the list, but I would just like to ask, like mm-hmm. who plays the like important roles when it comes to like, you know, establishing the data governance within the organization. So suppose you assign the lead, but what yeah. is the lead is doing like uh, which teams he gets involved into like you know which verticals like how he has to approach for it when he has
1: to establish the data governance. and again that that depends based on those needs mm-hmm. it depends on what sponsor you're able to get and what type of financing
2: okay.
1: usually what what i recommend is that the individual does not just act alone Mm-hmm. and that they at least have some sort of a data governance council committee uh, decision group whatever you want to call it but really what this council committee decision group does they they um, at the very least they come up with those priorities for the data governance program. They decide what should the energy the resources be invested into because there's a lot of areas to tackle there's a lot of different data domains to approach and you can't really just boil the ocean right you need to really take it one cup at a time and it's this group that should make that decision what should be that first cup that we want to boil mm-hmm.
0: do these data governance people need the domain knowledge as well uh, how much the domain th- knowledge matters
1: mm-hmm and again I recommend the mix And it depends on the size of the organization and the type of organization that you have. So normally you want people in there that do have a say, that do have an influence Mm -hmm. in the organization. Mm -hmm. And it's also good to your point to have a mix of people that, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they just know at a very high level. Mm -hmm. But some maybe they're just their manager, but they're very um, deep into that specific data domain. And they can speak to it if not if they're more a high level but you want to select them in this group as part of this group because they're highly influential Mm -hmm. and they can help you steer that message steer the boat in in the direction that you want to Mm
2: -hmm.
1: then at at the very least they can um depend on their own team to -hmm. come up with whatever answers questions challenges that need to be solved okay
0: yeah thank you for sharing that and uh when we talk about this you know, implementation of data governance, are there any best practices uh, associated with it?
1: Yeah, um, sure. So first of all, I don't think there's really a particular template uh-huh. that one can follow. I mean, just if you take a look at all the different data governance maturity models, there are a few, there, there are more than five, there are more than 10 even. So. Each one of those, they tackle the approach to data governance implementations a bit differently. So just looking at that really tells me, well, there's no, no right path to take. And usually, again, there's no, no cookie cutter solution because we're all special snowflakes in terms of the organization. And um, we all have our particular needs. What works for one? doesn't really work the same for other. We can definitely learn from one another, but we can't apply things in the same way. But as best practices and as recommendations, first of all, I would say that you need to treat it as a program Mm -hmm. and not a project. Mm. And a lot of people starting this, they refer to it as a project. Hey, it's a data governance project. Mm. The problem with that is that the project has the end date. So people expect it to be done. As with data governance, you always need to keep investing into it. So I think that's the first, the first um, advice and the best practice to follow: that it needs to have a program. It's never ending.
0: That's very wise. Uh-huh. I feel like you know, uh, differentiate between the program and the project. So that definitely sure. is useful. And uh, we talked about these rules and policies associated with. So how does those get defined in the data governance? Uh, again, it is specific to the industry, actually, you are working with, but you could like to give an example or any use case that you worked on kind of and how this, uh, those get defined.
1: In, in terms of the, uh, the policies?
0: Yeah, policies and procedures. How those get defined when it comes to the data.
1: Yeah. And really it, again, it depends, I hate to say it, but it does depend. I think it's really, you need to, you need to to get at the ground level first to understand all these pain points, Mm -hmm. to understand the as a situation and then to do a bit of analysis on what's that to be, Mm -hmm. because that's what the policy and the procedures are trying to solve. How do we move from the current state Mm -hmm. into the future state? Right, so I think you really need to have that um, that deep knowledge. So work with with data stewards on a particular data domain, data experts, data owners, whatever you want to call them, data custodians. Mm-hmm. Have all these people involved to understand what what is it that we're trying to solve and what is that that best way to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: usually this is done by a data governance lead or a data steward as a starting point, mm-hmm. and they put together this draft, and then this draft really gets presented to this working group, to this data governance deciding committee for them to come up with any other recommendations, ideas, questions, to revise it, to polish it, and then they get to vote on it in a democratic way Mm -hmm. and to see if it does pass or not.
0: Okay. Yeah. So this is very knowledgeable. I feel like, you know, uh, when we are talking about this data quality, how data governance can play the important role to achieve that data quality as well within the organization. So thank you so much for sharing and moving to our, you know, uh, towards the leadership style, actually. So what is your leadership style and uh, any kind of your, your favorite leader whom you follow and why kind of?
1: So my leadership style, I don't know if it has a name per se, I think I do try to emphasize on, on the growth and the success of, of my colleagues, of my, my team, um, to try and make decisions based on their inputs as much as possible.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And definitely I think my focus is providing credit when credit is due Mm -hmm. and make sure that people are praised publicly and often as, as often that, you know, as possible. I think it's very important to encourage them to Mm -hmm. put them up there, to let others know that, Hey, these are my colleagues that have done all this work Mm -hmm. that have contributed to this project that, or came up with a solution, whatever it might be. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really takes a village, takes a team to get everything done. Mm -hmm. And so often, all this work really gets obfuscated Mm -hmm. to the rest of the company Mm -hmm. so as managers or at least that's how i like to lead is i I try and make sure that they are up front and center as much as possible Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in in front of the uh, the organization in terms of um, a specific leader that you know I, i i look up to i don't necessarily have one Besides the ones that I've had before and the ones that I do have right now in my own uh, workplace. I've really been very fortunate to, mm-hmm. to have had incredible managers that were very supportive in the the projects that I wanted to take on and allowing me to take risks.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's also very important to uh, to not be afraid to try new things so i've been very fortunate that i did have very very supporting and encouraging managers so Mm far
2: yeah
0: i also met actually along the journey of my career actually definitely you find um, those kind of leaders within the organization as well and who can play the important role of your growth so definitely that makes sense to me and then moving towards your you know, uh, when we talk about uh, once person finds his interest or the passion in particular area, like what one needs to do to achieve that leadership in that particular area, like any steps or any kind of you know uh, extra mile they have to go to achieve that leadership in that particular field. One thing you mentioned that you know don't afraid of trying things. So that right. is the thing I definitely feel uh, towards the leadership it counts. Uh, anything specific? Uh,
1: well, and to add to that, you know, besides not being afraid to try new things is also if you do make mistakes right okay. when you're when you're wrong yeah. because you've tried those things, really don't be afraid to take ownership for those mistakes mm-hmm. right and admit it when you're wrong, and all of this, I think it it helps to build trust with your colleagues. Mm-hmm. it shows that you're genuine, it shows that you're not trying to you know, push somebody under the bus for your mistake. Mm-hmm. And so don't, don't be afraid to try, but also don't be afraid to admit that what you've tried might have been wrong as well.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Besides yeah. this, I think it's also very, very important. And sorry, this is ironic because I've interrupted you.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: it, it's, um, I think you need to understand what's happening around you by observing and listening. Active listening, I think it's a very important skill mm-hmm. that we all need to develop and we need to do more of.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have to be a good listener as well along the line. I think so. so. Thank you for sharing. Um, moving to the next question, it is how what kind of a skill set one needs to pursue to get into the data governance field.
1: That's a good question. You know, I, I'm not quite sure. I do. I do know communication is mm-hmm. really a very important aspect, as I mentioned, of data governance. Mm-hmm. I was part of this uh, conference a few years back and one individual there said that uh, data governance is probably 90% communication. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but still communication plays a, a big role in data governance. So I think it's important to, to do have those communication skills mm-hmm. as part of your skill set. Yeah. So that that's one. And of course, the, the you know, all the others uh, in terms of the, the project management, program management because data governance is a program, people management, conflict management even, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, butting heads at times. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, I do think you also need to have that expertise as well. It it helps to have an expertise in in a particular industry or data domain, it helps.
0: Yeah, so uh, the way way I think about it is like, you know, data governance is a lot more about uh, when you talk about a lot more about rules, regulations, policies, and procedures, it is import to, important to convey those like you know, in the right words mm-hmm. uh, so that everybody can understand. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel, yeah, that is something, a useful skills to have, actually, communication skills, if anybody wants to enter into this data governance. Also, I feel like decision makers also, when it comes to ML or AI modeling, uh, when they decide to make a decision out of it, uh, that time also actually that communication skills plays the important role to communicate what they, what are the insights or what they forecasted and how that benefit to the organization. So thank you so much for sharing and uh, moving to the last question of uh, this podcast interview is uh, any kind of courses or books uh, would you like to recommend to the audience who are looking to build their career in this data governance?
1: Well, I definitely recommend starting with the um, DEMA book of knowledge I think that that provides a solid foundation, not just in data governance but data management as well. And data governance is covered there as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really this very nice, comprehensive oversight and look at the whole um, what they call data management knowledge areas, mm-hmm. including data governance too. So I think that's a great starting point. And I also recommend checking out my course on uh, how to build a an award winning business glossary.
0: Oh, that's good, actually. So uh, are you, uh, when you are talking, we are, um, like, I saw you a couple of videos, actually, on the YouTube. So Thank are you. you deciding to give the, like, mentorship to the people, like, online webinars in the data governance or something like that?
1: Yes, okay. I, I do do that.
0: Okay. So, yeah, definitely you should, like, I will just uh, convey that to the audience, actually, do subscribe to his YouTube channel so that you can learn more about the data governance and one more time actually thank you so much George, for providing your time and being a guest on my podcast and hello everyone hope you will enjoy this episode and learn a couple more things about data governance and how data governance can help organizations to achieve that data quality so that they can have the effective solution for the ml or the ai level so uh, thank I'm you so much through.
1: i really appreciate yeah. your your time and uh, great questions challenging questions
0: Thank you so much for your insights, actually. So definitely, uh, I will definitely stay connected with you. And whenever I publish this podcast, uh, I will tag you so that people who would like to directly connect with you, whether it is on YouTube or the LinkedIn or wherever you are available, actually. So um, they would thank directly you. can connect with you. So yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Yeah. I'll see you guys soon.
2: And until this yes. happy leading, let's let keep in touch. Bye.